want to buy a commercial space, you better buy it Monday through Friday. <laughs> they ain't working on the weekends. And a lot of people will say they're a team just because it's like them and an admin. When someone makes $40,000 a year and can take all the money off of somebody who makes $400,000 a year. And the best part is the person who makes $400,000 has no idea how to do it. The person that you're going to hire needs to be your representative, but also has to understand what you want. Yeah. And that's, that, that's really the, the basis of it. I think a lot of people uh, don't know, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know a lot of people don't know this, is that 74% use the first realtor they interview. Welcome back to Millennia, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials. Entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Janineski and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. Welcome back to Millennia. So we talked about people not knowing when or being afraid to reach out to a realtor. Yep. Um, talked about what you're going to hear over the holiday. Yeah, that was our holiday edition. What a holiday special. <laughs> our, our, holiday, our Brady Bunch holiday special. This is our, like the nerdiest our, holiday special our, you're ever going to hear. Our, yeah, <laughs> our, our, our millennia holiday special. Um, but yeah, then today we are talking into, so now that you know when to reach out and you have advised your friends, family, um, to also kind of do their due diligence and reach out, we're going to kind of guide you through how to actually select the right person to work with. So... Um, yes. So then we kind of did talk about last time. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the pre the previous two, I highly encourage you to because this is all just a continuation of the last two episodes. So it's really important to listen to them too. Um, so something that we had kind of like left off on last time is uh, making sure you're working with the right person. You're not just going with somebody just because they said, oh, here's who I used. Um, you should use them too. So it's not necessarily a it's not a bad thing you definitely want to go more off of word of mouth than you do the internet we're going to get yep. into that too um but just because somebody worked for one person doesn't mean they're going to work for you so that's really what we're going to unpack today yeah we're going to unpack the um kind of how to do your research and where to do your research um how to qualify the person that you're talking to and then really just um you know I get really how to interview them. Yeah. And, and, and kinda, the right stuff to ask. Yeah. So things to look out for. Yeah. Things that people don't really think of when they're looking to reach out to an agent is that like you need to interview them, but it's somebody doing the work. It's kind of like you always want to get a second opinion for getting work done in your house. Um, and like I said, you might go with the first person that you talk to and there's, there's not something always wrong with that. If there's, if you already know that you're going to lay Bible together, but yeah you do want to make sure that you are and like, don't be afraid to realize that like, you know, me and this person aren't really like connecting. So like I said, we're going to dive into um, how to figure that out. Yes. Uh, and do you know how many realtors there are in the country? Some exorbitant number of them. So at the peak of like 2021, there was 1.6. Everybody knows an agent. Everybody knows an agent. There Everybody are a lot of us running around scurrying around this is the, their respective marketplaces. But do you know what the failure rate of agents are over five years? With of course I do, because I told you, Jen. <laughs> well, they, they got to say it. They say it in like every CE yeah, class. They, they, they yeah. say it in licensure. They make sure this is known before you even get your license. That's right. So what is that? What percentage of agents 
end up hanging out their license uh, after five years. I think it's actually after three years and it's 87%. Yep. 87% end up failing at becoming a real estate agent. I love being in the top 13%. You are in the top 13%. And you're not even, well, you're going to make it. You're, you're not. I'm going to make it. Yeah, you're going to make it. I actually never really now. accepted the idea of me not making it. What did I? Think I was a... You told so okay, yeah. You did tell me this, so you told me this before I ever got my license. When you were interviewing me, yeah, for the team. So backstory: when I had made the decision to take the leap into actually actively going to get my license in real estate, um, before I even started my classes, I met Seth. I actually met our broker first, um, who had told Seth, "You need to meet this girl," um, and he told me, I want you to know there is an 87% failure rate amongst agents in their first three years. Um, and I said, that really sucks for that 83% or 87%, but it's not me. That's right. I do remember saying that to you. And you said, okay. You were oozing confidence. I have. <laughs> and that's, One thing I ooze, it's confidence. And that's, <laughs> and hey, listen, that that's what agents need. Whether they're negotiating a contract or they're deciding that this is what they're going to do for the rest of their lives like that's what you need because there's so many headwinds in this business so you need that on your worst days <laughs> that's yes yeah absolutely so and i i remember there were other statistics like a lot of people like take the real estate classes but then they never take the final test which for me i'm like why would you put that much money and time into it it's not fun it's not it's and it's not really relevant to real estate at all uh like the actual day in day out it's all just legal stuff. Which... You think we have bore to death moments? Yeah. Try taking the real estate classes. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also every financial planner and insurance agent is rolling their eyes because they have to take a ton more of these classes. Well, but... guess what? There's a reason I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my speed. Touche. Anyway. Touche, Jen. So, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about where to find your agent, right? Well. First? I'm going to talk more about where not to find your agent. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. So this was like the first thing I even wanted to address. So yeah, we're going to talk about like where to find your agent, but I think it's way more important to talk about like where not to because it's the stuff that's always right in front of your face. Because mm -hmm. I mean, like any smart marketing, you're going to put yourself in where the eyeballs are, which is on the internet and in ads and on Zillow. So like everybody has seen it. I don't want to hear that you have it. You are looking at a house on Zillow or wherever you're looking at them, and it says contact an agent for more information. Once you know where those go. So agents can pay for leads. And so anytime you're typing in your information, like, I want to know more about this home, it's not going to the agent that put that listing up that actually knows about that house. It is going to somebody who paid to get your information to contact you to get business. Yep. So where not to go? is in that little information form. Where you do go is you take, if you like that house and you want to know more about it, you find an agent, you ask somebody that you trust, do you know somebody? You do not go to the internet. Other place you shouldn't go is the Google machine. If you type in realtor near me, uh, which is pretty generic and yeah. straightforward thing to type in, um, there are things that'll come up like, you know, if you know anything about SEO, search engine optimization, people pay money to be able to put their stuff, sponsored uh, sponsored links yeah. or whatever to get to the top. Um, or it'll, it just might come up with a geographic office, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people who, for instance, like we're in Schwanksville right at our office across the street. Um, soon to be King of Russia. Soon to be King of Russia. Sorry by that. And we will. Oh, yeah, yeah we will Russia. be. <laughs> we have an office right across from here that uh, was priorly ours. Um, 
regardless like but i don't live in shrinksville but i will service any i'll service anywhere that's in pennsylvania and if not pennsylvania i'll refer you to somebody else but that's besides the point so even like geographically on the google machine just because that's where the anchor of the office is uh i want to meet a real estate agent that actually works out of their office yeah <laughs> i don't know a single one of us that do yeah so um that's also not where to find somebody just because their office might be near you does not mean that's where the yeah, agent is actually going to be. I, I live and service anywhere from 40 miles away from my office location. So just to kind of peel back the veil, I mean, Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, it's a cash grab, guys. You, you, the people just pay to get in front of you. And, you know, that person, um, usually if they can afford to pay to get in front of you, a lot of times you call that person and you won't even get that person they're going to yeah. send out some soldier from their team and who knows what kind of experience level they have or geographically if they even know the area you know are they the same age that type of thing so like on our team we always try to like oh i if i get a lead and somebody wants to you know uh, engage our services but they're like a 27 year old millennial or gen xer or gen zer sorry um i'm gonna say wrong way there bud yeah wrong way. <laughs> but but gen zier it's like i'm not gonna send you know an agent on the team that is you know 55 or 60 i'm going to send somebody who's more aligned uh demographically with that person same thing goes with the downsizer i'm not going to send a 27 year old because there's not there's no relatability but just keep in mind yeah when you find someone online most likely that person is paid to be there and they are not there because they are supposed to be if that makes sense does that yeah. make sense? I mean, there's probably like a, and, and I, and I know agents that like do that. And again, it's like, you don't, you never want to like limit your growth, which is great. And that's awesome. I'm not saying everybody's bad, but it's like, you have, you really have like no way really like knowing and yeah. chances are if they're doing that, it's like, we work very sphere based, meaning like we really kind of like, we like to build relationships with the people that we know and the people that we meet. And we like to work on a referral basis mm -hmm. and uh, more so because, you know, that's because we already know that that we have a baseline of trust with somebody yeah. and that's such a key factor in like t going on this journey with somebody. Yeah. Um, whereas you're then having to just start from scratch and kind of blindly trust somebody. And you know, that can come with some doubt and you really don't want doubt in the person that you're working with. Yeah. Um, so we recovered, uh, like the Zillow's forms and, uh, Google machines. But, uh, the other ones, I asked you your opinion on this yesterday was Facebook groups. Yeah. Or maybe that's a little, eh, I say millennials, we're still on the Facebook train, but maybe Facebook not the, groups the are hit or miss. So Agreed. they're kind of like a hybrid between like straight word of mouth and like Zillow. So you essentially, if you, if you ask on really any forum on Facebook, hey, does anyone know a realtor? Where you should be putting it first is probably your personal like your personal page right. but if you oh my god oh yeah okay if you ask like on like a, you know uh, your mom's group yeah, or the, your the like your township, township yeah like yard sale or something like that I, I expect lots of the dms in fact every single agent in the anywhere remotely yeah. near you hemisphere to bombard your inbox. it's it's like uh it's like dropping food into a fishbowl it's like, <laughs> like uh, the, the all the realtors will come up and be like oh i can service that area. if you're ever feeling lonely yeah. go put in a facebook like nero group uh that <laughs> you're you're looking to sell your house you will get so much attention yes so listen it can work 
It certainly can work. It can work. Zillow can work too. But what we do here at Millenniup is try to give you best practices and tell you kind of what is going to probably be the easiest and most stress-free process. We work most- And enjoyable. Like, honestly. Yeah, enjoyable. I mean, listen. It shouldn't feel so transactional. There's obviously transactional pieces in a real estate transaction. Mm -hmm. But like- you should you should like you should be one working with somebody that you're having fun with and that you're having a good time with. Absolutely, um, absolutely. and and we become friends with most of our clients. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, ninety percent of our clients we're we're friends and we're hanging out and checking in and and doing all that. Uh, in fact, one uh, we're gonna have on the podcast very that. soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, infamous Jenna. Yeah, I'm excited. So that's somebody who like I became friends with through it and. Um, you know, it just, it became an enjoyable experience because you have fun going out to do showings. It doesn't right. have to feel so like stiff and transactional and whatnot. But, and again, just going back to the trust though, um, like, this isn't actually something I thought about talking about, but I can't emphasize enough. Like if there's any like a bit of like doubt and distrust in the person that you're working with, it's going to cause roadblocks and it's going to cause delays and just like eliminate all of it by just getting a baseline of trust in the first place. And that's going to be kind of the third point that we get to, um, but as far as just like where to go to to find the right person to work with, it's not the it's not the Zillow forms and uh, quote box because again that is not going to the person who's listing the house. It's not go it's straight up just not going to go to them. They'll never know you did it. Um, it's not Google, uh, and it, it really it shouldn't be. A my my main suggestion, Jen, is that it's not the internet. The internet that's is a, just like a good less uh, word salad way to put it. You know, yeah, yeah. A non-word <laughs> salad way to put it is, you know, it's like if you need an insurance guy or an HVAC guy or a contractor or whatever. You go on the internet, you're, you're at the whims of who, who's paid to be there. Going word of mouth is the most reliable and shortest way to the settlement table. And, you know, let's talk a little bit, though, about the, the, next, all, point. the, the, the next point, which is the, the type of agent. So yes. this, I'll take this one because this is one that's near and dear to my heart. There are, people don't realize, like, just because someone has a real estate license doesn't mean they have a specialty in what you're trying to accomplish. And what I mean by that is you have an agent who does investments in in urban areas and does it like flips. Yes, they have a real estate license. Legally, they can help you. But you might need somebody who's in the burbs and somebody who understands, uh, you know, upsizing families or downsizers or, you know. Can I add something to that too? What? Um, as far as even just like specialties, so yeah. Right, hold on, honey, you, you get you get thirty seconds. Okay, fine. It is a quick point though, <laughs> is that uh, because you said like then you're going to the burbs or whatever. Yeah. If you're working in a certain like area too, so like in general areas that like you are at work, uh, especially that you work, you have an understanding and like you know a lot of the other agents that are also working in that area. Yeah. The more familiar your name is in the area, uh, the more trust that you build with the other agents that are also working that area which trust goes a long way when you're firing out offers too. Yes. Yeah. Knowing who you want to work with. Having, having those back relate those relationships that you've been building over time versus some Joe Schmo city investor realtor who just happened, you happen to know, or you went to high school with or whatever. That's not necessarily uh, the right thing. Conversely, if you're looking for investments, don't hire the like open house sitting, you know, suburban realtor who doesn't know that space. So but ask them. But, you never know. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's part of what we're going to get into is just how to actually interview them once you get them in the door. But just keep in mind when you get a suggestion, like ask like kind of where they work. Like, what do they do? Are they uh, an investment realtor? Are they a residential realtor? I mean, are they a commercial realtor? I mean, a commercial realtor can help you. Totally different 
environment altogether. And good commercial realtors will tell you the same thing about residential realtors. Like they don't want to do anything in the residential sandbox. Commercial doesn't want, you know, commercial sandbox is totally different. So if you do want a nine to five realtor though, it doesn't work on weekends. Go commercial. Oh yeah. Go <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that, that They're great, but it's just a totally different world. It's a totally different world. Yeah. You want to buy a commercial space, you better buy it Monday through Friday. <laughs> they ain't working on the weekends. But anyway, so I wanted to just impress upon that because a lot of times you'll get a name, like forget about like the internet. If you get a name, you want to be sure that you're being aligned with somebody who can help you with your goals. Cause that's really what we're talking about mm -hmm. here. People don't want to like, you know, I know we have, we make friends, but a lot of consumers, they don't want to necessarily make up a new best friend. They just want somebody who can help them with their yeah. problems. It's the same way they would call an HVAC person or call any kind of contractor or any kind of person else who, uh, you know, can solve problems. So that's a super important, um, uh, piece of the puzzle. I'd also just ask about experience level and teams. So not to get too into the weeds with real estate, but I think about teams 10, is an important 15, thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah. The teams thing is about 10, 15 years ago, there was a reversion in the real estate world where a, traditionally you had just a lot of agents that just were independent. And that was to the truest form of being an independent contractor. The broker couldn't tell them what to do, couldn't say anything. As long as they didn't like drive over their clients with their car, <laughs> they couldn't really tell them what to do. Well, they and then the law. <laughs> what ended up happening is that a lot of agents were saying, I have too much business. I need help. And so there was the formation really and a standardization of a, the real estate team. In this environment, it is super important. And it's one of the reasons I built one uh, is because I did start having too much business and my schedule wasn't allowing me to, to give really great service. That's even just comes down to like phone calls, but like also like being able to show property and getting people into property on their schedule instead of mine. And I never felt right about that. So mm -hmm. I always tell people to interview people that are on either the team leader or people that are on teams because you get more agents than just one. And that's actually a point to bring up. I actually just had, um, I currently have a client um, who kind of took me by surprise with one of her questions that I actually appreciate her asking. Um, she asked me if I have a lot of clients that I'm working with right now. Um, and I said, oh, I have a good, like, a, yeah, I have a good bit of them. And she uh, kind of transitioned to, do you, like, is it too much? And she was basically trying to find out, like, am I taking on more than I can handle with, like, what your issue was that you had too much business that you couldn't give the right attention to it? Yeah. Um, I was able to assure her, like, no, trust me, I work, like, I know my bandwidth, mm -hmm. but I know that I can take on, like, X amount of clients and transactions in yeah. one time. And, like, I, I thrive on the, I mean, I say I thrive on chaos. Like, I, I need to remain busy, and I can take on, like, a good bit at one time. It keeps me going, keeps me moving, and I and I make the time for those people, but I also know what too much is. Yep. And, you know, it was really interesting to hear from a customer that was very It's a good question to ask. It is. It's something it, that I think more people need to ask. You asked is. you asked that to somebody recently that we were talking to also for some of our production stuff was like, you know, how many other clients do you have? Are we going to get on the back burner? Yeah. And like that it is something really where I think is frequently overlooked. Well, and uh, and just just as a uh, an aside to <laughs> Jen's aside. That's a great question to ask whenever you're hiring anybody is because you want to ask how many clients you have. So you answer it and you say, oh, I have a gazillion clients, meaning I've got a lot of authority, a lot of expertise. I can help. Everybody wants me. Or that person <laughs> might be asking that question because they're like, yeah, am I going to be second fiddle? Am I going to be somebody who's kind of brushed to the side and just like added to a list of people and like get lost in the sauce? 
if I could add a you know another analogy, I would. But at the end of the day, it's like that's a great question to ask uh, anyone that you hire. That is one of the, I started getting that kind of, I don't know if I was ever asked that specifically, like, um, like how many clients do you have? But I started getting questions like, are you able to service this area? Or are you able to show us houses in this area or whatever? And, it's, and a good agent will tell you no. And I had to a couple of times mm-hmm. and I said, well, no, because I want to help as many people as possible. And the whole team wants to help as many people as possible. So we set up a team outside of Philadelphia that's like, that covers a very wide geographic mm-hmm. area because time, time is, a lot of it is in the car. Um, but I also want to be able to deploy a gen into, you know, Chester County and be able to know that that's, uh, being taken care of. And if it's, if the, the client wants to see something more my way, I come out of the bullpen. Um, and so I think teams is a very important thing in this current real estate market to consider that person does not necessarily need to be on a team, but it's something that I think that everybody, uh, should keep in mind. And then, um, the other side of coin here is uh the interview itself yeah so i mean as far as interviewing and it's the perfect segue because what you said about teams so once you you want to make sure you're asking the right questions uh when you are interviewing somebody so it doesn't have to be obviously some formal long like okay so here are my list of questions but like some like pretty blurred like really important ones that you'll get a lot of information from um if you are looking to select somebody that is on a team um, I think that's important to ask them more about the way the team works. Okay. Um, there are, because there are teams out there um, where a team leader doesn't create a team for the reasons that Seth did because he had too much business and wants to be able to like try to branch it out. But, um, you know, there obviously are perks to being a team leader with being able to like work a split. I mean, you know, more than that. Um, so they, some people are money motivated to be a team leader and will only just kind of, they'll bring on, it's like quantity over quality. Um, and they'll just like build these big, massive teams just to be able to rake more money in with that. Um, so I think it's important to ask who you're talking to, how they structured their team and why. Mm-hmm. So uh, Seth's case was, you know, he's really, really, really selective with who is on our team. We have a team of eight and it's like he looks at geographics where we all are so that we can cover the biggest amount of space so that if we do come across somebody, it can go to the right person. Uh, personality differences because yeah. like listen oh, yeah, I'm we're... sorry I am self-aware enough to know if it was a team of Jenanuskis people will go freaking running away because it's a very <laughs> strong personality and that's totally fine I used to say that at work all the time was listen if it was a store full of me's I would also be terrified but like having a balance of personalities also having a balance of different strengths so you know like some people are more operationally driven on the team um, some are more personably um, and like having a well-rounded team with all different strengths is important to know going into it. So like when you're getting, I mean, so, so, so any time that we're like partnering on a deal is, you know, you're, uh, you're getting two for the price of one you're getting like, and we say that as like the two of us, but really we have our team behind us. And if yeah. there's ever something that comes up that like, we might not know I mean, somebody I, does. I mean, in, also in like two weeks when I'll be in London year, Jamaica. <laughs> there's there's still six other people there's still six other people that i'll i'll be like okay you know get your shoes on get over there that type of thing yeah. but another thing just about teams and interviewing them um a lot of people will say they're a team just because it's like them and an yeah. admin that's the that's the other it was going to take yeah is that it's like not it's not a team like i built this team like kind of bigger uh to feed obviously leads to but i also i just want to cover more area and cover more demographics 
But yeah, like it's easy to slap, especially in Pennsylvania. There are states where, you know, you have to become brokers and you have to do all kinds of stuff. Pennsylvania, like any guy can or any gal can just say, oh, I'm a team and they mm-hmm. have an admin and that's it. Or they're just like, they're, it's like a, like a married couple and they're just yeah. like, oh, we're the team. But it's yeah. like, you. I, I have, I think the word team and I think a collaborative like kind of like group and like sharing responsibilities, whatever. That's but right. like, you know, I'm not saying any like two person team is bad. My cousin, love her. She's a great agent down in Delaware. It's her and her partner. And the two of them just cover the entire state of Delaware, mm-hmm. but they do a great job at that. They divide responsibilities. And I think that's what makes a great team. Yeah. But again, those are the things that you need to ask and talk about. So yeah. teams aside, though. Teams aside, I the one thing I, I want to definitely stress in this point is also when you interview an agent, don't forget that the agent is interviewing you. Yeah. And that can be kind of, I don't want anyone to get scared by that or intimidated by that, but good agents. Let me back up. Bad agents will take any client they can because they probably don't have a lot of business and they don't necessarily want um, to, you know, they don't want, they don't want to push anyone away. Good agents will decide whether they are going to work with you or not. So if they don't feel that it's a fit, then you definitely, uh, you, you might, you might get the, the dear John letter here. Um, but it, it, you know, I would say that most of the time I will take on a client because they come by referral and like, I personally have yet to have to turn away a client. I know that you have with a couple, you've got to be pretty unhinged. And even I can rein in the like, yeah, I'm pretty unhinged people. It, it <laughs> might be one or two a year out of like literally hundreds of people that I, I come in contact with. You put so. it this way, like it's got to be like, you know, we we're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing us. Um, we're very solutions focused, though, um, for us to have to like find that, you know, this isn't actually going to work like it's it's generally speaking going to be out of a service to you. Like, I can't really, it's usually a very, very difference of opinion of, say, like, uh, of unrealistic expectations. You know, if there's something like, you know, um, client is saying, like, they want X amount for their house and they are not willing to budge on it. This is exactly what they want. And we want to be able to do the best for you. But we know that, like, you know, I love that you want that so bad. But here's all the data. Let's try to, like, come together and, like, figure something out. You know, if there's not going to be a meeting of the minds there. You know, that might not be the best that, fit. That that actually isn't even really the biggest reason. If you're just an <laughs> or you're a fucking know-it-all and like, I'm okay. No, I'm I'm humble enough to tell tell everybody. I don't know everything. I don't have the answers to everything. And I can't, I don't know the, like the absolute, all the intimate details of everybody's life. Even through an entire real estate transaction, there's still, you know, privacy and stuff like that. I, I just don't want to work with the because they're going to be, they're going to be assholes the whole way through. And they're going to eat away at the non-assholes that I am trying to help. <laughs> they're going to eat away at my time. Mm-hmm. So I, but very rarely, like everybody is looking for our guidance. So Jen is absolutely right. We're like a good agent is going to take on 99% of clients. But when you're in that interview Like it's our process, job to be able to work with a lot of different personality types. Yes. And you know, it's like, I've did that for a very long time and that's perfectly fine and i understand that there are people that aren't necessarily like exactly like me but i know how to kind of get through to some other people who don't think in the same thought processes that i do yeah and that's perfectly fine but like you said there's a baseline of respect there is there is a baseline of respect and i advise the team and honestly any realtor out there if like someone doesn't know your worth or doesn't respect you and is going to treat you like 
it, just, just if you can, don't, don't take the business. It's like you mentioned in retail, you learned a lot about like personalities and stuff. Yep. You know where I learned? Poker table. I love a poker table. Mm-hmm. Because the poker and the golf course. Because like you get to know people's personality when like shit hits the fan. When thing when things get get bad. Yeah. You know, when you take and I always say about poker, it's like it's the best. Like when someone makes forty thousand dollars a year and can take all the money off of somebody who makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. And the best part is the person who makes four hundred thousand dollars has no idea how it even happened. You know? And sizing people up and understanding personalities and motivations and that type of stuff. So I, I got a crash course on all that from the poker table. But yeah, I mean, it, I got a crash course on that with uh, having to read about it and actually like live it out. I had a, a management team one time of like, you know, there's all this personality like series we all end yeah. up taking. And uh, the specific one that we took was out of a book and there's like four different quadrants in it. And of the four of us, each of us were in a different one. And, you know, some people didn't see eye to eye, but it all explained like straight up kind of like why these two may not see eye to eye and how to actually yep. be able to like how to get the have the other person listen to you because you both are maybe saying and thinking the same thing, but it is not going to be communicated the same way because one thing is more important to somebody than another. Um, I learned that way. And then we ended up finding out like, oh, wow, each of us being in a different quadrant, that that makes such a balanced team. It makes so much sense yeah. that like we're not so heavily like leaned one way or the other. Yeah. But um, that can kind of go back to teams too. And we actually have something like that as well. But um, I think the other thing we can say is, you know, when a uh, client is interviewing us, is also just like I said this in the episode six, the first of this three-part series, um, I was saying that motive is really important. So I think it's also really, really uh, crucial for somebody to ask an agent that they're talking to, you know, why do you do this? Okay. I said this in the last, uh, I was actually probably touched on the last two episodes um, because- This is very near and dear to Jen's heart. It is because, you know, if you don't want to be sold to, again, it's what we had talked about in the first part of this, um, you find out what their motive is. But another thing to make sure that uh, the client is asking the agent is, you know, you want to map out your expectations and, you know, here is what I want. Um, like, what can you do to help me get there? Mm-hmm. So you want to just lay out expectations right off the bat. Um, and does the agent that you're talking to, do they have processes and what are I, they? I, I would also add that the a, a good agent you won't even have to lay it out. A good agent's going to ask you about all that stuff. And it kind of goes hand in hand with a process. I, You could shake me awake and I could walk into a listing appointment because I've done so many of them that I know what to ask and I can be speed nimble. Um, you know, when I go into my first meeting, like I don't bring paperwork. And like yeah. the realtor handbook says, oh, you should bring hammer. You should try to get people to sign paperwork. And I'll say, that doesn't, that doesn't if work. If I have to force you and like pressure you into signing something right off the bat. I'm clearly not uh, feeling confident enough that you're going to want to work with me. I, I just think it's very rare unless like you already have a pre-existing relationship with that person. And it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, like a, what, what they call come list me call, which is like, okay, we're going to use you. Just come over tell us what it's worth, blah, blah, blah. But I almost always do what we call two step, which is I come over just for that initial interview and just like see how I can help. And then what I do is I come back a second time with all the solutions. I might ask some follow-up questions. I have some recommendations for the property or I have recommendations for a search, that type of thing. So um, we take a very consultative approach and all good agents are going to do that. They should take, should ask a ton of questions. And yes, you should know what you want for the most part. 
But how to get there, an agent should be able to lay that mm-hmm. out from experience. And also just as a baseline, guys, you should be thinking like if that person can walk through the door and connect with you on a pretty good level, you, that's a good thing too because you have to remember that agent's going to eventually be talking to their counterpart or talking to another, like a buyer or a, and or a seller. You know, that person has to have a little bit of personality to connect. And if they can connect with you, that likely they can connect. And that's what all with sales is, is really connecting and getting people to come around to your point of view. So uh, it's super important that you understand that the person that that is that you're going to hire needs to be your representative, but also has to understand what you want. Yeah. And that's that that's really the, the basis of it. I think a lot of people uh, don't know. Well, I shouldn't say I think I know a lot of people don't know this is that 74 percent use the first realtor they interview. Yep. They only interview one agent. And I think that, uh, you know, there are times, especially like in word of mouth and referral, that's you know you know. fine. Yeah. But when, yeah, you, if you connect with the person and if you, you have an ounce of doubt, though, and like, don't be afraid to tell the agent that either. Like, I mean, uh, to that point, if like that many people are just sticking with the first person they talk to. And we said this very beginning, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah. If, like I said, if you know and like you get a good feeling with that, don't overcomplicate it. So we're not saying like go out and interview like a bunch of agents just because like you have to. If like you have a really good feeling about us and you already know that like, okay, I know that they can get this done. I feel really great with them. That might be your one-stop shop. Don't overcomplicate it. And don't let yeah. this tell you to and don't get that twisted. Um, but if there is something that's just not connecting, that is when you need to be moving forward. And that goes really for anybody, guys. I mean, I don't know, dating, hiring people. Check out one of our uh, first few episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I guess yeah, so if you don't feel that connection, then just just simply move on or at least at the very least, try to find someone else and just use that as a contrast to make sure that you're not crazy or maybe mm. you're not communicating right with the agent. Uh, and it's, but it's totally fine if you don't know absolutely everything about what you're looking for. Um, but I think that this, uh, well, you know what we didn't talk about? What didn't we talk about, Jen? That I think is perfectly fine. We didn't talk about price of the agent. We didn't talk about the commissions uh, of it or anything or any pricing, anything. Cause, yeah. uh, cause it's not about that. It's, no. kind of, it's about getting quality <laughs> well it's about getting quality but ultimately it's also about just having your problem solved yeah you know you need to sell a house you need to buy a house you need to buy and sell you're gonna need someone who's nimble understands what's going on and can you know and can solve those problems and that that's really what you're looking for so that's you know our uh, our broker uh, always says he's like we are not in the real estate business we are in the solutions business and we don't sell the- we don't sell houses houses sell themselves yeah we, we sell solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And we provide solutions to our clients and good realtors everywhere across the country, all 1.5, I think now, because some have gotten out of the business, but 1.5 now, there are great agents everywhere. And just, I want to end. I've worked with such amazing ones too. And it yeah. makes like knowing that you're on the other side of a transaction with another very competent agent who is representing like their person, but is collaborative like and collaborative all across the board like with you but also with the other side like nobody wants a dramatic deal or some sort of like sing contest yeah, <laughs> or well, anything i think that's also something that's very frustrating for realtors in general because you know you you've done enough as many deals as i have or you've been in the business for a really long time 
you know, you get into these uh, interactions and like most agents are really like, they're really great. They do their best. They're always looking out for their client. I mean, almost never do I hear somebody being like, you know, sign all up next to you and like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try to pump up this commission or I'm going to do this, that or the other, like bragging. And trust me with the egos in this business, it wouldn't, if, if that was something that was going through a lot of realtors heads, they wouldn't be able to keep that to themselves. So most agents are doing the best they can, but you need to be vigilant about the hiring the person that is right for you. This team, uh, the SLG team outside of Philly, we specialize in first time home buyers, millennials, people upsizing mm -hmm. that like under 50 group because that are, we are best equipped to handle those problems and we are those people. Yeah. So, and like I said, somebody, well, I didn't say this. Uh, a friend of mine just came to me. She wants to move to Jersey. Mm -hmm. Do I work in Jersey? No. Uh, but have I worked with somebody who does work in Jersey? Yep. yep. And guess what? I'm like, y'all are going together. She's amazing. She's like, right. but in, down there. Shout out, shout out Tish Green. I love you. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I think that's a, a pretty decent. Yeah. To... I think that's a pretty good, uh, a primer. By the way, if you don't live in the Philadelphia area, if you live in the Philadelphia area, you should just call us because we can handle it. <laughs> but if you don't and you, uh, you know, uh, want some guidance on how to interview an agent we are happy to guide you or we can just find you an agent too and pre-interview them yeah jen, really jen, jen has become very good at that she'll hear a state at taekwondo with her son <laughs> and it's like oh you need an agent get out and she's and been able to match really me. great ones and i've yeah I, have, I love the relationships i've built with you i got one in wisconsin now this is my latest one love right. her vanessa you're great um but but yeah and honestly so like just to wrap all this up too there's a lot that we went over. Show notes will have uh, some boilerplate interview questions that yeah. you can just have for yourself. I know that we kind of like went over a lot and kind of jumped around to a few. So we'll have written out in the show notes um, just some questions to have on hand yeah. for you. Um, we should just have those anyway. Yeah. Well, we, we always got something. So we always got something cooking. Yeah, we always got some. We always have resources. If you ever need something, you just come to us. We yeah. have we have we have things for everything. No problems, just solutions. Jenna Nusky. See you guys. What a wise woman. Why very wise woman. Wise See woman. You. Have a great, great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia. For more information or to connect with us directly, you can always get a hold of us on Instagram at Millennia Podcast Double L Double N. Or through each of our pages at Janusky Gets It Done or at Ask Seth Anything. Until next time, keep moving up. Later.